Let's try that again. Good morning. So, you know, we're, of course, trying some, some new technology, so bear with us. Um, things are going to happen. I don't know why we picked Easter Sunday to try this stuff out, but hey, it's been awesome so far. So, uh, just want to give all of them a hand because that was awesome. Appreciate you guys so much. We, we have a lot of talent in this church, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to what they can do. Brian, that was good, man. That was good. I was impressed. I don't know how I can follow up that stuff, but um, I was I was really impressed. So good to be here. Um, happy Easter Sunday. He is alive. Yes. And that is why we're here. You know, don't take me long to get emotional. Just watching this, yeah. this vision of what they've had years ago is just awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. There was a lot put into this. I want to thank Daniel and all of them back there. The boys are like, it don't take him long. Uh, just really quick announcements. Um, if you have a little one, the nursery is actually now in the basement. That's our new AV room right there. So if you, if you need to go down, it's, it's just back by the kitchen. So um, and I think Tyler mentioned no service this evening. And I know we've heard a lot of singing already. Does anyone else have a special song this morning they want to share? I know we've heard enough. I would sing you one, but I don't sound like Ryan. So that's, yeah. All right, well, if you got your Bible, turn over to the Luke chapter 24. Special welcome to, to everyone here, all of our visitors. Make yourselves feel right at home. Uh, we love when you visit us. We come back anytime and worship right along with us. We love the Lord and we want you to love Him too and join right on in with us. All right, chapter 24. We'll read a, a few verses here. Title, if you will, this morning would be Why Seek Ye the Living Among the Dead? Don't usually do titles, but uh, trying to play with technology again, so bear with us. All right, so we'll read a few verses here, and we'll follow the Lord for a few minutes. Be much in prayer. I'm sure this is familiar scripture to everyone. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men, men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And we'll stop right there for right now. You know, yesterday we uh, we were in a van at Amanda's grandma's for, for Easter. And there's a, a big cemetery behind their house. And a lot of us, you know, we went out walking. And her grandpa, we went to her grandpa's grave. And, you know, just the whole time I'm thinking this all through my head. Like, what, what would we do if we got there? His, his, you know, he wasn't there. That's kind of what they did. You know, they walked to his grave. And that, that stone was rolled away. And Jesus wasn't there. You know, and there's so many things like, you know, they made up, 
Well, the disciples came and stole the body. This happened, that happened, and all that. But no, Jesus lives this morning. Sorry, this thing is driving me nuts. Jesus lives. He is alive. He's risen. So as you all know, I'm really easy at getting emotional. So a couple of things just to point out here before I really get emotional. (laughs) So number one, again, Jesus is alive. That grave is empty this morning. You know, there's a lot of people out there going trying to find, you know, pieces of the ark and all this and that to prove this and that about Jesus. They're never going to find his body because it ain't there. They're never going to find it. So always remember that. And because of that, he is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He is who he said he was. He is God. Otherwise, he'd still be in that grave. Sorry, this thing's bothering me this morning. And in his death and resurrection, he paid the ultimate price for us, for our sins, that we might have a home in heaven one of these days. And that's really what the gospel comes down to is those three points. It's really, and it don't get much clearer than that. But let's prove that Jesus existed. Let's find his grave. Let's do this. Let's do that. I can tell you right here, I feel it. I can tell you he's real. When I was a nine-year-old boy, I accepted that salvation. There's no turning back. Told you many times as a teenager, I was an idiot and done what, what Bob wanted to do. But there was a day in my early 20s that he spoke to me. He said, remember me, son, you're mine. It don't get any better than that. It don't get any scarier than that either. You're mine. But no wonder, no, no matter what they find, they will never find that body of Christ because He's not there. Right. He rose again on that first Easter morning. And praise God, that's why we're here every single time celebrating that prison Savior. Amen. And if you're not here for that, you're here for the wrong reasons, folks. Because that's what it's about. Celebrating that risen Savior. You know, that word resurrection, I think the Greek word, if I can actually read, it's like anastasis or something like that, which I'm not real good with all that stuff yet. Still learn. But what that means is stand up or stand again. So that resurrection, stand up or stand again. So that's what it was. Jesus stood up. A man that was dying. He was dead. He stood up. That's amazing. That's amazing. But again, that's what, we, what we're celebrating. He overcame death, hell, and the grave for us. That we might have a home in heaven one day. And just think of all he went through. He was betrayed and beaten. Mocked. Whipped. Scourged. Pulled skin, crucified. Pierced. Like Santana's song said, never be heard from again. But praise God, that's not what happened at all. That's not what happened at all. Jesus stood up. He stood up. Like I said, He was able to remove that sin and that penalty of sin that none of us could actually pay. None of us could pay it. And that's the foundation of what we believe. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, Because if you confess with your mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus stood up and he can save you this morning. You know, as a, as a Christian, that empty tomb means everything. Because like I've said so many times, and Tony and John have too, if that tomb wasn't empty this morning, we are absolutely wasting our time. We're wasting our time because we don't have a risen Savior. But we do. And that's reason to celebrate this morning. That's why we're here this morning. That's why we, we try to love and serve others like, like Jesus did for us. That's why we continue preaching and teaching the gospel. Because you're not going to hear it out there. But you should for us, right? right? We should take it out there. That's why we're going to continue that. To that lost and dying world. So that everyone can hear about a man named Jesus. That can change lives. We've seen it. It's happened to us. Right? right? Yes. He can change lives. Jesus, the only begotten Son of God that was born from a miraculous virgin birth that lived for 33 and a half years without sin. We can't live five minutes without sin. Betrayed, bled, and died. Was crucified. But rose again for our justification. For everything. For our reconciliation. For our redemption. Like I said, he stood up that we might have a hope of eternal life. And you know what's awesome is there's a day coming. He's going to stand up again. And he's going to come back and take us home. Hopefully you have a part in that. He's going to come back and take us home. And there will be forever. There will be forever celebrating with him. I've been thinking about that time that he spent on the cross there. I was talking a little bit yesterday to Amanda's mom. She's been going to some Bible studies and stuff. And she's like, you know, did you know that that's the time that, you know, God turned his back on Jesus and that's when he paid for the sins of Like, absolutely, that's what I know. That is the foundation of us. What was it, six hours in misery? Did you ever think about the first person that Jesus died for? Did you ever think about that? A criminal named Barabbas took his place. You know, Pilate was trying to to get him to release Jesus because he knew he hadn't done nothing wrong. And the people was yelling, crucify Jesus, crucify Jesus, let Barabbas go. You know, I was, as I was thinking about this, I'm just like, I'm always wondering, like, whatever actually happened to Barabbas? Whatever actually happened to him? There's not much in the Bible about it. There's actually not, I, I look, there's not much about anywhere. Um, I think there's a couple of fictional, isn't there like a fictional movie or something? Like, does anybody remember that? There's a fictional movie about Barabbas where he changed his ways. And Lord, I hope he did because Jesus died for him too. And he represents us because he was the worst of the worst, just like I was. He represents us. But he was a murderer and a rebel and a robber. And we may not have done all that stuff, but ours is just as bad. We were sinners set on our way to hell. And Jesus came and died for every single one of us. 
Every single one of us. And I don't know why I keep wanting to look over here. (laughs) But Barabbas, he, he deserved death and hell. And Jesus died for him too. In fact, Jesus died for the whole world. Sometimes I think we get this picture in our head as Christians that Jesus just died for everybody inside of this church. We're all good people. Actually, we're not. We're all bad people. That's why Jesus had to come and die. That's why he had to come and die. I'm like, I'm not going to go out and tell people about Jesus. Why not? They need to hear it. They need to hear it. Did you ever really think about what Jesus did for you that day? Did you ever really think about that? What he went through for you and me? It's, it's so hard to even understand why someone would go through literally hell for someone like me. Mm-hmm. So hard to understand. Like I said, he was betrayed by friends. He was mocked and beaten and beaten and beaten. Has anybody ever seen that, the movie, Passion with Christ? Man, what was it, a two-hour movie? And he was beaten way longer than that. Think about all that that he went through. The crown of thorns just crammed on his head. Just the, when they took this, and I think we've preached about that before, the whip that they used to have the, the stones on the end, it just pulled his flesh off. It's horrible to think about. And the whole time he didn't say a word. The whole time he just did. And they threw him on the ground. Started putting the stakes in his hands and his feet. And it just breaks my heart every time I think about it. Because I know I did not deserve any of it. And it just breaks my heart that He went through that for me. But then I want to praise Him because He went through that for me. If you haven't been here before, I get a little emotional. Probably should have said that again. But then there were some unexpected people during his crucifixion, that found salvation. The thief on the cross. If you flip back to chapter 23 there. <clears throat> Starting in verse 39. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do not fear God. Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Truly, today you will be with me in paradise. He was saved right there. Like I said a few weeks ago, he didn't come to church. He probably didn't hear the gospel preached. Who knows? He never was in a, 
a service. He never took communion. He wasn't baptized. Oh my goodness. He received Jesus right there. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. You know, when I was nine years old, I didn't really understand much. But I'm getting older and older and older. It's getting sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. And one of these days, I'm going to look back and remember that, that service when I was nine years old. And I'm still going to say, God, I didn't deserve any of it. But you love me enough to send your only begotten Son to die on the cruel cross of Calvary for this, I like to say, little fat white boy. He, that's exactly what he did. He sent heaven's best to die for me and for you. Heaven's best. Sorry. I got a weird sense of humor sometimes. And you know, I think the, the other lesson there is you're never too far gone mm-hmm. to find Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, you th- I think as a Christian, sometimes I think you see people and you're like, oh, they'll never become a Christian. Look at what they're doing. <laughs> Folks, there's a power that we don't even know about. That Holy Spirit can come upon them right now and save them right now. Can save them right now. Never too far gone. So there in that same area, the 47th verse, another person. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God saying, certainly this man was innocent. I believe in Matthew it says, certainly this was the Son of God. Now imagine for a minute what this Roman soldier has seen. Pretty much probably every day since he had been a soldier, as far as crucifixions and everything. This one was a little different. This one was a little different. I mean, can't you imagine? I'm just kind of picturing your normal crucifixion. Like if it were me, and I was up hanging on the cross, boy, I'd be getting everything out that I ever wanted to say to anyone, right? That's not what Jesus did at all. In fact, He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This Roman guard had a change of heart right there. He praised God. Surely this was the Son of God. Again, just another person that you would never think that God would save. But there's proof right there. There's proof right there. But again, that one was a little different. No doubt he had seen many crucifixions. There was something different about this man named Jesus. It changed his heart. And it changes my heart all the time. There's something different about this man named Jesus that I can't explain sometimes. There's something different about this man, Pop Mills, because this Holy Spirit's inside me, and I can't explain it sometimes. But people are always looking for answers. As a Christian, sometimes you can't explain it. All I can do is tell you what He did for me. How He saved me. Well, what about this and this and this and this? What's the answer? Jesus. Amen. 
That's the kid's answer. Jesus. But sometimes that's the best answer. Jesus. Why? Because He is alive. He's alive forevermore. He's alive forevermore. Like I said earlier, I always wonder too, like, with Barabbas and like Pilate, like, Pilate obviously knew that Jesus wasn't guilty of what they were trying to try him for. And again, we don't have any biblical background to go any of this. I just think a lot, kind of like Tony always talks about. But you wonder, like, did he have a change of heart? Could have. He could have. Again, I, I think about weird stuff like that all the time. But you know, the thing is, as I was thinking through this a lot too and praying, you know, I'm like, so, so Pilate tried everything in his power to get Jesus released. Thinking that surely the people are going to release Jesus. And I'm like, but Pilate really wasn't the one in control here. God was. God was in control through the whole thing. Pilate wasn't in control. Herod wasn't in control. Those guards weren't in control. God was in control of the whole thing. God raised Jesus from the tomb. Rolled that old stone away. And Jesus came out. Like I said, He stood up. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. That plan of salvation. As Steve Steve said in his prayer there, that plan of salvation. It's just awesome. So again, going back to the first question. Why seek ye the living among the dead? Why seek ye the living among the dead? Why go back and look up this and that, trying to find, was Jesus real? Was Jesus this? Was Jesus that? Here's his tomb. Here's here's the ark. I'm here this morning to proclaim Jesus is alive. And if you don't know Him this morning, there's something tugging at your heart telling Him it's real. Like it did when I was nine years old. And it did a few weeks ago when a young lady came up and said, I need to be saved, brother. No better than that. I got to tell you, that morning when she came up and told me she needed to be saved, like, I can't do it right here in front of all these people. I can't blame them. So we went in there and talked for a minute. But before we went in there, like I think we had a fellowship handshake that morning. And when she told me that, I couldn't speak. Like It was just bursting out of me. There's something different about that man named Jesus. Something different. I can't tell you everything you need to know about Jesus. No one here can. But you have to have an experience with Him. You have to have an experience with Him to be saved and call out to Him, Lord, save me. You know, sometimes I just can't even get it out. But God knows what I'm trying to talk about. And He's using the Holy Spirit to change hearts. Sorry. It's an emotional thing. Especially when you see someone that's been struggling and then they turn it over to God. Now, one thing that you gotta remember, just because you turn everything over to God doesn't mean you're gonna have it doesn't mean you're not gonna have issues. 
People get it so wrong sometimes. Come to church. Get saved. Everything's going to be hunky dory. The water and the heater's never going to break. The car's never going to Folks, that's false. But the good thing is, you're always going to have someone with you. No matter what happens, you're going to have someone with you. Do it all. There's nothing better than that. There's nothing better than that. I probably should have stopped at the singing earlier because you guys are tired. You're trying. I can't help it, I tell you. You know, I really feel like this morning that someone is being, the Holy Spirit is talking to someone's heart. And again, you don't have to come up here to be saved. But we can go to lunch and talk about you being saved if you want to pay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think we have this mindset that you got to walk down here 15 paces, kneel down, cry, boatload of tears. That's not going to have to happen. You can. You can come down here and pray. We can go in there and pray. We can go downstairs and pray. All I'm asking this morning is just be obedient. Be obedient. Be obedient to his call. You know, I'm going to ask for a verse or two of a song here as we all stand up. And I'm just going to open the altar this morning. Two reasons. One, if you need to be saved, come up here, we'll pray with you. Call out to Jesus. Secondly, this is God's altar, not ours. You've got a burden to lay down, come and lay it down. You've got to ask for forgiveness, come and ask for forgiveness. You can come, pray, go back to your seat. You don't have to stay up here and tell the whole congregation, well, I've been struggling with this, I've been struggling with that. That's between you and God. Now, we're here to support you in any way we can, but this honor is God's. It's not ours. So I'll shut up now. Brother Mike and Brother Jeff, you have a couple of verses of the song. Thank you.